Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Speaking of traveling the world, we're here in Manila, Philippines. Just this weekend, we had an amazing workshop all about being a digital nomad. It's been our first ever workshop here in Asia. And we're going to be putting on a boot camp as well uh, over the next three months. Uh, so we'll be doing a lot of different events, workshops, seminars, conferences. So make sure you check it all out at digitalnomadmastery.com. And of course, the travels at daddyblogger.com. Um, so today I'm going to be interviewing a fellow entrepreneur, fellow author, fellow traveler. Her name is Rebecca Hallman. She has not just one book on Amazon, not just two, not just 100, not just 1,000, but 1,500 books on Amazon. Yes, you actually did hear that, right? 1,500 plus books on Amazon. And I know what you're thinking, how? Well, you're going to find out the answer to that question from our guest here today. Rebecca Hallman, uh, she is the founder of Journal Tsunami, and uh, she basically specializes in low-content book publishing. So, Rebecca, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Oh, I just lost your sound. Where'd you go? Yeah, no, keep going, keep going. How are okay. you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's a beautiful, beautiful autumn day here in Montana. <laughs> Trees are changing well, color and everything. So uh, to start off with Rebecca, why don't we get to know you a little bit better? If you want to share a little bit more of your background and a little bit of your journey to become a 1500 book author. It does sound pretty exciting, doesn't it? Um, I've been online for quite some time, um, since 1999, working with startup companies. And then I went down the road of working with a few gurus online. Uh, and so I've actually been trained in the trenches um, to understand WordPress and search engine optimization and a little bit of those things, which are all ever so boring. So I wanted to create some books on Amazon and I started writing books and I actually have a whole bunch of books that all need editing because editing sucks. So a friend of mine, Deb Miller, she was doing what's called low content books, journals, notebooks, books that have very little content inside of them. And she was working at Walmart and she made over a thousand books and she quit her job at Walmart. And I said, Deb, how did you do that? <laughs> and so she basically started showing me the process of you make a nice cover. You do some research, obviously, on Amazon. You make nice covers. You create lined interior books or books that are like log books. And then you publish them on Amazon. It costs nothing, literally except your time. You get a free ISBN for your book. Uh, Amazon Create Space and now KDP Print. You free upload, you make an account, it's free. So it's really all free. All you're doing is putting your effort in. And then when they sell, you are paid a royalty. Um, so the more books you have, the better off you are because it becomes a numbers game because you're not trading basically on your name to have like a storybook for kids or an activity book. But activity books are also considered low content books. So, um, but you're, it's so easy to make in a weekend, I can make a hundred books and put them up on Amazon. So I make about a hundred books a week. Is that easy? Um, I'm not sure if I heard that properly. <laughs> you, you publish a hundred books a week on Amazon. Did I hear that right? Uh Yes, you did. About 20 books okay. a day. It's that easy. 20 books a day. And it's really simple. 
That's what I teach Alrighty. in terms of tsunami. Yeah, we're going to unpack this and dissect this. So uh, in terms of the actual uh, the books, so um, describe the books, like how many words, how many pages, um, maybe uh, break it down in terms of the, the, the books themselves. Well, that's the beauty of why they're called low-content books. Um, on Amazon, you can't have blank page books. Um, you have to have at least something on the page. So even just a flourish or a little decoration can be on the page. And then it's a sketchbook, right? So you can have a 150-page sketchbook that just has a frame on each page. And so one of the books that I made that's a really good seller is a children's sketchbook that has prompts at the top of the page saying, you're a dinosaur, draw yourself as a Tyrannosaurus Rex with your face on it. That's one page. And so each page might have a prompt on it. So I can make books for girls and boys and adults that literally just have a little prompt at the top of the page and tell them to draw something. I have prompts for writers. So again, it's an empty page with a frame around it. And at the top, it just says, you're on a trip to Paris and you meet your best friend, write three paragraphs. And so those become writing prompt books. Um, so, and then notebooks. Notebooks are just lined books. And now most of these books are $6.99 to $8.99, $9.99. Most parents are not going to buy a $6.99 notebook for little Johnny to take to school. But you know what? Grandma's gonna. Grandma loves little Johnny. When she sees that really cute cover with the dinosaur on it, she's going to buy it for his birthday and give it to him. So those are the kinds of people that you would be creating the covers for that are attracted. Also, people love journaling. Journaling is huge multi-billion dollar industry people write in a journal they're done with the journal guess what they now need another journal <laughs> planners it's the same thing every year people buy planners every year teachers buy planners lesson planners so those are kinds of things that you know people use use up need another one so if you have created a line of books that people like your book, they're going to buy your book again and again and again. I have some that just keep selling over and over again because people like the layout that I have, especially for planner books and those kinds of log books that are very specific layouts, which are really not hard to create. Trust me, it's not brain science. We're not doing heart surgery here. They're super simple. And I make everything in PowerPoint. You don't need Photoshop, you don't need InDesign, you don't need any of these complicated things. Trust me, I tried them all. So I learned and I taught myself how to do it all in PowerPoint, which most people have on their computer, whether it's a Mac or a PC. And I, my journal tsunami course shows people how to make them fast. I can show you how to make a 190 page journal in under 10 minutes. Okay, hashtag mind blown. I still haven't fully comprehended it, but I'm amazed. I, I get it. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You're you're leading me down the right path. Uh, you know, with the journals, the planners, the notebooks. I'm getting it. Uh, so I want to go through your process, Rebecca. So in terms of the formation of the idea, in terms of the research, in terms of the the creation, in terms of marketing, the monetizing. So let's start firstly with the idea stage. 
how do you come up with the idea for the actual book? Say you're doing like 20 a day like that, 20 a day. How do you come up with those? Well, one of the one of the things that I do is, um, you know, I go to Barnes and Nobles or I'll go on Walmart and I'll go and I'll look at what they already have journal wise to see what's trending, what's popular. Uh, so if I'm making a book that has uh, like a planner inside, I want to see what other planners look like. Now, I'm not copying what other people do, so I'll get a basic idea. Then I'll go and I'll do research on Amazon itself, and I will go and I will read the reviews of journals that are and planners that are already there. And then I'm going to read the bad reviews to see what people want fixed in the book. Uh, I want it bigger. I want it smaller. I wish it had this. I wish it had that. And so I take that into consideration. So my week is spent with Monday being my research day. So I will spend all of Monday researching for what I'm going to do. And during that time of researching, I might also see different ideas. So I'll start keeping, I have a list of hundreds of ideas of books that I see that are selling that are very popular. And I'll come back to those later on and say, okay, well, you know, now I want to make this kid's book. Let me go research that. So as I see stuff, I'll take notes on that. But I try and have one focus for the week. So if I'm making a teacher's planner, I will focus on making the teacher's planner for that week. And I will make different kinds of teacher's planners over the course of that week. Alrighty, so you do your research, you go to your local bookshop and you kind of investigate and they call it R&D, rip off and duplicate, <laughs> rip off and duplicate. <laughs> you do <your> and then <laughs> you, you get out back to your, your home and you're on your computer uh, so basically, do you have like, okay, like walk me through a day. If you're doing 20 books in a day, we have 24 hours in a day. Is that like one hour per book? Is that two books per hour? How do you get 20 books in a day? How, what does what your day look like, Rebecca? Well, again, the beauty of low content books is that once you have certain interiors done, well, let me, let me go back just a little bit. When I first started this in April, uh, April of this year, 2018, I thought it would take me all the way to January to get a thousand books done. I got to a thousand books in June. So April to June, because once I started creating them, so many times we overcomplicate stuff. And when I realized I'm trying to overcomplicate something that has no content, I'm trying to make it really hard when really all it is is a book with lines inside and a pretty cover on front. And so once I stopped overcomplicating it, then I was able to ramp up my production and create many at a time. Now, once I create an interior, I really don't have to create it again, do I? Or because really? I'm keeping, I don't, especially a notebook that has lines in it. I never have to create that lined notebook again. So I have them in maybe different different lengths. So I have a 100-page lined notebook, a 120-page lined notebook, and maybe a 150-page lined notebook. And I have them in 6 by 9, 7 by 10, 8 by 10, 8.5 by 11. Once I've made them, I never have to make them again. I just put new covers on them. So now I'm at the point where I very rarely have to create new interiors now that it's September because I have so many interiors, I just need to make covers. So I spend my day 
making covers. Now, there's so many wonderful places. We live in an incredible age. I can go to Pixabay. I can go to uh, the Library of Congress. There's free pictures galore online. I don't have to pay a penny for them. And all I do is I go to Pixabay or someplace like that, and I can download free uh, Creative Commons public domain images. And I can either use those just as they are, put them on my cover. I like to uh, alter them just a little bit. And I have a, a little program that really is, uh, it's called Smart Editor. It costs like $25. And it does all of these Photoshop masks for me. And I, I have Photoshop, but this thing like push of a button, boom, it has 150 different masks I can choose from. So I can change my cover so that my public domain image doesn't look like anybody else's image. And so that's the key. People are buying something that is appealing to them. And it's a combination of having a pretty looking notebook and also doing keyword research, which also is very important when you're dealing with Amazon. Amazon is like Google and it's a search engine. So you do need to think about who your target audience is. So my time is mostly spent in research finding those profitable keywords. And I have some free tools that I use and I teach my students how to find those profitable keywords so that they're getting in front of people with their books and getting them sold. So keywords and then low competition. So those are the combinations. But my process is research. I've made my interiors. So now I spend my day creating my covers and 20 covers now where I am and I teach my students, you can make 20 covers if you're not anal retentive in about an hour. So you can spend two hours. Now my friend Deb Miller, who worked at Walmart to get out of her job, she would make her covers in the morning. She would make 10 a day. She'd make her covers in the morning. And then when she came back from work, she would upload them to Create Space. Now KDP print because they're merging. And that doesn't take very long either. That takes about an hour to upload those books up there. And so even if you're working a full-time job, you can still do this. This is phenomenal. You know, I think I'm going to get on a plane, come over to your house, and I need to watch what your process is because it's phenomenal. Just the fact you're doing this and you're making it sound uh, really easy in the sense like the, the main uh, brunt of your work is really the research, the keywording, uh, you know, checking out the competition and then designing the covers uh, because you got the interior and obviously you can use that interior over and over. And like you said, change the length, change the size and you got yourself a book. So I'm quite excited. I don't know if you have VIP days, but I might be joining you in one of those soon. You don't have to come all the way here. That's what my course is about. I have Journal Tsunami and then I have the next upsell, which is called the step-by-step -step training. And the step-by-step -step is all over my shoulder, every single step of the way, making the interior, making the covers, uploading it to KDP. And then if you buy the upsell, then you're in my advanced training group and I do lives three times a week in my group, answering people's questions and going through and showing the tools that I'm using and sh making sure that no one is left behind so that they are, I mean, I have people that join my group and are, have now already made 500 books in just a couple of weeks.
Well, there so you know go. Anybody. There's an option. You gotta not be a fly on the wall, but you could literally be checking out those screen shares in the course, and of course, being part of that uh, community and getting that support and help. Uh, so, Rebecca, in terms of the niches, like how how are you doing the research? Give us some steps on the research. So, uh, because that's the key, obviously, the the Amazon SEO, uh, researching the niches, having the right titles, the descriptions, the tags. Walk us through what are the key elements of Amazon SEO. Well, Amazon makes it literally so easy. It's just crazy because they have a thing called bestseller lists and they have a bestseller list for every single category that's on Amazon. So all you need to do is go to bestsellers. Uh, journals tend to be in self-help. Uh, there's actually one called journaling. There's actually one called notebooks. So you literally can go and see exactly what is selling the best. And then you basically sit and R&D, <laughs> You click on the books and Amazon does the next best thing. They have a look inside feature. So I can actually click on the book and I can look inside the book and I can get an idea. You don't ever want to copy 100% of what somebody else is doing. I can't overemphasize that. But you can get an idea of what that layout looks like. And then again, as I mentioned, you read the reviews that are on the book. Many of the books that are in the top bestsellers have been around for one or two years. So they have, you know, four, five, 10, 20 reviews on them. And I immediately go to the one star, two star and three star reviews because you know that the four star and five star, I love the book, blah, blah, blah. Well, I want to know why people don't like the book because then I know how I can make my book better to appeal to those people. And then I also will read the description and the title of the book because that's now giving me a hint about what the keywords are that the book is using. There are no, uh, there are some tools like KDP Rocket, Merchant Words, um, and a couple of other tools that I use that can help me find some Amazon keywords uh, in, in, uh, that I can use. But pretty much it's, not rocket science again, what would you type in to find a journal? So I have something that's called the AMZ Auto Suggest Expander. It's a free tool that goes on Chrome. And as you're typing in Amazon, the Auto Suggest box opens. But this tool shows you the, the words that are added on the front of the Auto Suggest and on the back. I show in my in my group how to use these tools and I try and show my people how to use free tools. There's also Uber Suggest, which is now uh, it basically pulls from Google AdWords. And so that can give you keywords and keywords everywhere is another tool because it gives me Google search counts because Amazon actually does not share its actual real research with anyone. So you can only extrapolate what people might be searching. So, yeah, but I mean, your process is quite amazing. Go on, sorry for interrupting. Go on, Rebecca. No, 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 you, um, basically, so I, it, it all comes down to looking at what the bestsellers are, and then, as with anything, 
you don't want to sit in that top niche because it's probably oversaturated, so competitive, and all the newbies are going to sit in that top niche. So if I'm going to make something, a meal planner, for instance, if I just write meal planner, I'm competing with 50,000 books. But if I do keto meal planner for people that are on ketogenic diets, I now have niched down my meal planner to be in a subcategory that has very little competition, but is searched enough that people are going to buy it. The other thing is, you know, with low content books, it's a numbers game. It's not writing a book and selling 10,000 copies of one book. It's making thousands of books and selling many copies of thousands of books. So I might sell 10 of one type of logbook, 10 of another, five of another, three of another. And every single month I'm selling little amounts, but I'm selling little amounts of a lot of books. And that mm. ends up paying my bills and paying my car payment and paying my insurance because now I have a lot of books. And so now I have passive income because those books are going to appeal to people over and over and over again. That's the well, secret. passive income is definitely where it's at. So you're going to be flying over here and meeting me in the Philippines <laughs> instead, aren't you? I am. And I have friends I can stay with. So <laughs> there you go. We got an extra bedroom with your name on it, Rebecca. Oh, good. Rebecca, uh, so I had a question for you. Um, they, obviously, when you're putting your books on Amazon, you could put them in your own name, Rebecca Hallman. You could put them under a pseudonym, a pen name, a ghost name, or no name, especially with no books. And then, of course, you have your publisher as well, or self-published. Uh, walk us through that. What about the names? What about the publisher? Well, you know, I think for some of us, um, Okay. Um, for some of us, um, I already have a brand, my name, Rebecca Holman, and I'm known for WordPress and doing things like that. So I don't make any of my journals in my own name mm -hmm. um, because I save my name for doing things in my market that I'm known for doing my training. So if, if I wrote a blogger's logbook, maybe I would put that in my name. Most of my books are under an alias or under an alias brand name. I have several of those alias brand names. KDP is not quite as loose as CreateSpace was, so they don't want spammy brand names. So you have to just kind of be careful what your brand name is now that we're moving to KDP. Uh, but it's really not that challenging. Um, my, my favorite notebook, notebooks that I love, uh, Bernie's notebook, you know, whatever you want. Uh, most people, one of the reasons why aliases is so powerful is because many people have a fear of failure. Many people are afraid that their boss will find out they have a side hustle or they're afraid their friends will laugh at them. And so having an alias, especially for your first few books until you feel comfortable publishing, I say use an alias because there's nothing lost. Nobody knows it's you. You can make the ugliest books. And quite honestly, some of my ugly books really sell well. I have no idea why. But some of my ugliest ones sell. But I have no fear because nobody knows they're mine. You know? And so I really tell my students, start with an alias. You can have thousands of aliases on KDP and CreateSpace. They don't care. They don't care what you, you know, as long as you're within the parameters of good taste, 
um, they don't care how many aliases you have. Think about J.K. Rowling, right? She wrote Harry Potter, and then when she wrote the adult books, she had to she used an alias because she didn't want kids to accidentally pick up her books about adult sex games, right? So if I'm writing a book about tarot, I'm going to have it under a different brand than I'm going to have books that are written for Bible devotionals because those two audiences don't mix. If I have books for female um, activists and then I have books that are, you know, pro-President Trump, I'm not going to put them under the same brand. I'm going to separate those brands so because those people don't mix, right? So some of, the, some of this is common sense to think about how to create brands for your books uh, so that you can target certain markets because once you start building your books up and they start to sell, now you have some leverage to go and put them in bookstores in your town to go to the independent uh, bookstore owners in your town and show them your books, especially if they know you or you live in a small town like I do, then I can go and I can buy books at author prices or have them order them through Amazon at author prices and sell them, right? You can get in bookstores all around the country if you are proactive with the books that you have. I have a hiking journal. My husband's in a hiking group. And so I had him give me input of what he wanted in that journal. And then he told his friends about the journal book. And so people bought it and now they use it. So you have lots of people in your life that you can create books for that will really appreciate them. If you know somebody that has diabetes and you know that they have to track it every day, ask them what they like about the current book that they have and what they would like to see improved in it. And then use that as one of your first books to make. Um, only because you know that he, that person may buy it and give you feedback. So now you have kind of an automatic sale. Um, so it's, it's not complicated and we want to really just you know, go with what we kind of know initially, and then you can branch out once you feel comfortable with, and the aliases just help you get started without fear. So uh, regarding all these aliases, obviously you're gonna need different accounts uh, for Amazon, Kindle, KDP, uh, or you can do it all, the, all under one dominant account. Tell us how that works and how are you managing multiple aliases? One account, multiple accounts, walk us through that process. One, Amazon does not allow you to have multiple accounts. It's against their terms of service, especially you have one bank account per account. So all you need to do, I personally keep track in a Google spreadsheet of all my books that I make, what their ISBN numbers are and what their identification numbers are and what their yeah. titles are. So if I have a problem, I can go back and I can check. And then I also put what the brand name is that that book was made under so that I can search and I can take a look later on down the road if I want to do that. Um, but under Amazon, again, you, you can have um, hundreds of aliases on your on one account and they don't care. They really don't care. Now, Amazon is the publishing house, so you don't need to worry about being the publishing company. There are ways to become your own publishing house that's outside of the scope of what I teach because that's a whole nother layer of business and having a business account and those kinds of things 
So this is the bare bones, simple thing that literally anybody can start doing after you get off of this call. You can go start a KDP account on Amazon, just type in KDP Amazon, open an account. It doesn't cost you a penny. You attach it to your bank account and get my course and you can start uploading it at the end of the day and you can have your first book done today. Not just your first. You can have your first 20 done. You can have your first 20 done. Again, I show you how to make a 190-page book in 10 minutes. (laughs) That is phenomenal. That's phenomenal. So let's talk about money. You know, know, that's one of the reasons we're doing this. Not just to bless a whole bunch of people around the world, but we want to make money doing this business. So uh, you're talking like, you know, not just a few books. We're talking like 1,500 books. So Roughly for someone who's maybe thinking like 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, 2,000 bucks and beyond, what is the rough revenue they're going to be expecting or the rough profits? Let's go with 500,000 and more. You know, I don't like to make promises uh, because the FCC doesn't like us to do that. But I can tell you from my own experience and the experience of the people I surround myself with, uh, I have a friend. She has 4,500 books. She's been doing this about two years. She makes about $10,000 a month. Uh, My other friend, Deb Miller, she had about, she passed away now, unfortunately, but the money that come from her books, she was making enough to quit her job, which means obviously paying her bills and all those kinds of things. And when she passed away, now her money goes to her niece. So you can make sure that you have a legacy because those books are going to be on Amazon until Amazon explodes and blows up and goes away or the world does. So you now have a legacy to think about that you can now pass on to your family if something happens to you. Um, I myself am making enough that I can pay off some bills. I'm just getting started. This is my first year. We're moving into the beautiful quarter four. Yay. So we're moving into Christmas season. So most people see a huge spike in their sales in Christmas season. So I expect that I'll be moving into the thousands um, during Christmas season. And then as you move on beyond Christmas season, you know, you want to think about what do people do in January? They're going to want to start lifting weights and going on diets. So now you make books to put right in the path of those people that are going to be looking for that and start buying that. Um, So you also are looking throughout the year to find different trends. So back to school's a huge trend, teacher planners, school planners, academic planners, um, all those things go into helping you spike your profitability. Uh, But also you want to have a certain amount of books that appeal to everybody all year long. So you have a certain set of books that are always going to be bought, the diabetic journals, the meal planners, uh, the books for uh, authors and writers, uh, books for musicians, you know, chord books, chord structure books are very popular, uh, songwriting books, all those things get sold all year long. So you always want to have books that are doing that. So there's, you know, a couple of different marketing smarts that you kind of want to have. Um, And, you know, the unfortunate thing is many people go, well, I have three books and I don't have any sales yet. No, it's not going to (laughs) happen. Again, because people are thinking if you're an author and you wrote a book that has 10,000 to 20,000 words in it, maybe you might sell a lot of books with the one book. But when you're doing low content books, three books is not going to cut it. 
probably 100 to 500, you'll start seeing an advance of sales and you'll start selling things, especially if you follow my methodology of keyword research, making sure you're niched down. And I mean, I had one person say, well, my books are a composition notebook. I don't see why I haven't sold any. Well, because the competition is 50,000 books and nobody's ever going to find your book because it just says composition notebook. They had a cat on the front of the book. We did some research. We looked at what niche they could go into and niche the book down. They went in and once you publish your book, the beautiful thing about publishing the book is you can literally change everything except the title. You can change the cover, you can change the interior, and you can change your keywords that are in the back end on your dashboard. So we went in and we changed that, fixed it, and then all of a sudden their book started to sell. So you can tweak what you've already done, make it better as you begin to learn and get better. You can start tweaking your stuff um, to get more attractive to the people that are out there. So all those things come together to help you pay your bills over the course of time. But it isn't going to just happen with three, four, five or ten books. Yeah, definitely. You're looking at scale um, and volume. Uh, so. What are your closing thoughts here? We've covered a lot, and you know, uh, it was such a joy and pleasure just to pick your brain here. But what are the, what are the closing thoughts you want to share to our listeners, to our viewers here, Rebecca? Well, I think as with most things, setting a goal and then sticking to it. Unfortunately, so many of us in the internet marketing space, we have shiny itis. And we try something and then we do it and it doesn't succeed immediately and we run off to the next thing. I know for myself, I set a goal to make a thousand books. Again, I thought it would take me from April all the way to January and I actually did it in half the time because I stuck to it. I know that a person with a full-time job can do this because I know people who have full-time jobs that are doing this. So don't allow excuses to get in your way. Set your goal and focus. I would highly recommend reading the book, The One Thing. I personally am a notorious multitasker. And when I started on this project, I said, I'm going to stop multitasking and doing all these different things. And I'm going to focus on just learning how to do the slow content publishing. And when I did, it affected my income radically because it went like this. Because I was focused and learning how to do the one thing and all the things that go into the one thing, then it really helped me learn enough that I could make my course, which then of course is part of my publishing because I get better. I share what I learn with my students and we all learn together. I also now have joined groups of other successful people that are doing my one thing. And now all of us are helping each other get better. And so by focusing on the one thing until you've met your goal, whether it be a monetary goal or a numbers goal, I need, I want to make a thousand books and see what that brings me, then stick to it. And that's really the biggest, biggest thing I can do. It, we're moving into quarter four, which is one of the most profitable times of the year for everybody. It's called Black Friday for a reason. And there's Cyber Monday, and then you're off you know, full bore into, you know, Christmas. People who are on Amazon who have Prime can buy your book and have those books shipped to them in two days, right? 
three days. It normally takes about three to four days for your book to be published because it's printed as it's it's called print on demand. So it's printed right away. So people have instantaneous gratification from Amazon. And those are the kinds of people we want. People on Amazon are not on Google. They're not just typing in looking for research. They're on Amazon because they want to buy something. Those are buyers. So we want to get in those buyers' pockets, get them, you know, they can be there and they're buying, buying, buying. It's called the Amazon cart experience. They're on there, they're buying, they're buying, they're buying. They're buying a big screen TV and all of a sudden, oh, look at that cute notebook for Johnny. I think I'm going to buy that too. And oh, look at that one. I'm going to buy that too. And then Amazon suggests starts coming in and other stuff starts popping up. And all of a sudden people have bought all this stuff of which your books may be part of that, right? So now is the time if you want to get in on this, this is a perfect time to give it, give it a go between now and literally Black Friday, Thanksgiving, you could have 500 books. I, I'm not joking because my students have done it. Um, you just have to focus and do it. Just do it. Swoosh. Nike said it well, Nike said it well. So Rebecca, you've said it well on this interview and you've definitely done your one thing and you're sharing that one thing with our one audience. So thanks for that, Rebecca. So you've mentioned your course, you've mentioned your training, uh, your, your consulting and more. How can people connect? Tell us about the course, the consulting, the training and more. Well, um, my course is, uh, hopefully you'll put the link in your, um, in your YouTube um, description area. It's called Journal Tsunami, journalsunami.com slash course, and that will take you to the actual purchase page uh, through me directly. Um, and if you just go to journalsunami.com, that's a landing page, and you can download my PDF right there, uh, which has my four steps to creation process. It's very four simple steps that you can um, um, wash, rinse, and repeat. It's uh, the creation research um, and then post your book up on Amazon. Um, and then if you purchase the course, there's an upsell, which is 20, it's, the course is only $14, and that's basic. And then there's an upsell, which is $24. And by purchasing the upsell to the course, you get into my advanced Facebook group where I do lives three times a week, sometimes four. I have freebies in there. I, when I make templates, I share it with my group oftentimes and they might get that template for free or at low cost or a discount or 100% discount uh, for the first 50 buyers, things like that. So they get the best of my best that I have to give and we are teaching each other. And as I learn something, I share it with them immediately and Create Space is merging with KDP right now, which is KDP print. If you have ever, ever heard of a Kindle book, which is the eBooks for Amazon, mm. KDP is most famous for being the platform where the Kindle writers were writing. So they used to have to go to Create Space to create the print version of their book. And so Amazon said, well, let's merge the two together so that people don't have to have two accounts. So Create Space, the print, area is merging with KDP, the print area. So everybody will be in one place on one platform to do all their stuff. There's been some growth issues with KDP. And if anybody is on KDP, they know that they have issues with bleed. Bleed means uh, images that go to the edge of the page. And so in my group, we are able to overcome these challenges because we're showing how to overcome these challenges, how to write 
properly to KDP support to get through so that they uh, can understand your issues. So we're working really hard together as a group to make sure that the students, our students, my students, are not flustered, left behind, frustrated, angry, or any of those things, because it should be an enjoyable experience. If you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. And so my goal is to make sure my students are not just having fun, but they're also able to profit and do well with what they've learned from me. So well, journalsunami.com. You're having a lot of fun doing this. I am here. Here is a, uh, let's see. Here are three of my books. There's uh, my horse book. Here's a notebook for Cinco de Mayo. And this is uh, a comic book. So what's inside? Low content, just frames for cartoons. What's inside? Lines. What's inside? Lines. And then there's a little quote because this is a horse lovers book. It's just got quotes for horse lovers. Thank you, Rebecca, for sharing all these insights with the audience. I can't hear you. Where'd you go? You're in the dark. I, oops, I lost you now. I'm the host of the show. I don't know what that means. You're gone. I guess now I'm the host of the show and Ricky's gone away. <laughs> um, hi, Ricky, come back. I'm not sure where Ricky went. So again, I'll just share with you what I was showing. Here's the content of the books. They're just, uh, basically comic books. And then this is a notebook. Now these came out weird. So this is a proof book. I had to redo this because these lines are too fat. So this is just a proof book. And then this is a, my horse book, one of my horse books, horse lovers notebook. And then it just has lines with prompts at the top. And I have thousands of these books. So this is, um, kind of really what that is all about. I'm not sure where Ricky went. So maybe I'm going to stop the recording and say good night. <laughs>